I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and joined by Aaron Stokes. The transfer window has finally woken up, although not in the way Castanet fans would have wanted. Three big names been linked away, and although United will not want to lose any of them, the clubs need to stick to FFP and RSP might force their hands. We're bringing the latest on Kieran Shipper, Callum Wilson and McGuire Almiron, just what United are looking to do when it comes to incomings. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hit like, hit subscribe, share the podcast. Let's get on with the show. Aaron, I hope you're well. It is Tuesday afternoon. You couldn't make the Monday show yesterday, not because of anything you've done. Technical issue. You didn't sky away like you did the week before after the Man City defeat. Um, but we're here. We're going to talk about the transfer window. Before we dive into the individual names that have been linked away, do you think Eddie Howe is now praying for the window to shut? I think he's probably been playing, praying for that a long time, given uh, he's had to come out and bat away questions that he really doesn't like answering the last couple of weeks. But I think certainly um, the developments over the last couple of days will have probably uh, only strengthened that. I think the window sort of turned on a tear. I think this time last week we were talking about whether Newcastle United were going to go out and sign anyone and you know that was going to determine whether January was successful or not. Now I think it rests on how many of these key players they can keep beyond the end of the month. And the key player is Kieran Trippier. The club, uh, we understand, have, have made it clear he's not for sale this month, but reports today in Germany, which is Tuesday, suggest that a breakthrough of, of some sort have has happened. At this stage in the window, and this doesn't only apply to Kieran Trippier, it'll apply to Callum Wilson, who we'll talk about, and arguably Miguel Almiron as well. Do Newcastle now just need to remain strong, no matter what the offer is, because time is running out to bring in the replacements and, and even if they come back for Kieran Trippier with a £20 million bid, do you think they're in a situation where they go, well, are we really going to be able to bring someone of real quality in? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think they should just bat away any offer that comes to them. I think Darren Hill's made it clear last week that every player has the price and I think that you know relates to Kieran Trippier. Just going back to what you've said there, Newcastle have came out and you know are so far holding strong. They're saying that uh, Trippier and Wilson are not for sale this month um, but does an offer of £20 million, if that was to be the offer change things I would say so um, 
but as you say, a lot of conflict and rumours, especially with the English and the German press, the German press seem very, very, you know, um, confident that this deal could get done, whereas, you know, Newcastle United are, are sort of briefing the English media that, um, you know, it's the opposite. So I think you've got to remember that uh, Bayern Munich have also been in for another right back, um, a deal that they wanted to get done earlier this month. How much of it is a smokescreen uh, in terms of Kieran Trippier, I'm not sure. But I don't think you could say, um, you know, reject any offer. I'd love him to stay, I want him to stay, but every player does have their place. So I was about to ask you, would you cash in on Kieran Trippier? Sounds like you wouldn't. Well, it it depends. I think what the offer is, you know, let's not beat about the bush. He cost £12 million, which was an absolute steal, but if somebody's going to offer you that or a little bit more, Given that as you know he's thirty three, I think if it, if you're talking about twenty million, which you've said and a couple of people have sort of is the price tag they've thrown around, I think you'd probably have to really consider it. Anything less than that, probably not. As I said, I would love for him to stay. I think he offers far too much to go. I think yes, people have you know spoke about Livermento already being the heir to that right back position, but I think Trippier offers so much more than than Livermento does, not just on the ball, but. Um, you know, in terms of leadership, so I really do hope he stays beyond the end of the month. I did make the prediction back in August, September time, that Tina Livermento would be first choice right back. But come on, this needs to have a huge asterisk next to it because when you made this prediction, as as good as it was, you were clearly thinking that Livermento was going to overtake Kieran Trippier in the team. You did not account for Kieran Trippier having a big money move elsewhere. Granted, I didn't see him moving uh, potentially to one of the biggest clubs in the world. But it's really interesting because I think had this offer, uh, interest in in Kieran Trippier come earlier in the window, I think a lot of people's answers, a lot of people's thoughts on the deal might be a little bit different. Again, it goes back to the price tag. You know, what is silly money? What would you accept? You know, would you accept 15 million for Kieran Trippier and, and you get his wage packet off 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 the table? Uh, you know, it's not necessarily the, the worst deal for Newcastle United, especially when you've got Tina Livermento. You know, there's a ready-made replacement. Um, do you think that the timing of the interest impacts things? Yeah, it certainly will have. I think you know Eddie Howe has stressed on numerous occasions just how difficult the January window is. We've seen in the past, you know, especially last year, Newcastle United wanted to keep their powder dry in the winter window um, so that they could spend more in the summer. They obviously went out and got the Anthony Gordon deal. But apart from that, they just kept, you know, away from any income of business. I think that was looking like the plan, you know, whether they could maybe try and do a little bit of fancy financial footwork and get one or two players in on loan or, or clever deals was probably the option. As for Trippy, as you say, it's a very hard window. They're running out of time if he does or if he was to leave. Um I think if if this deal came in the summer, you know maybe they would be thinking even different about it. But um, as I said, for me, I think he just offers too much to to be letting them go on the cheap. Do you think if he was um, if he was indeed sold and he was allowed to uh, to join uh, Bayern Munich, if indeed that was his wish, would Newcastle have enough in Tino Livermento and Emil Kraft to get through to the summer? Do you think? Um, given their their injury look so far this season, I'd say no. But I also think that if Kieran Trippier was to go um, before the end of the month, I don't think they would go out and sign a like like replacement. I think that money would get directed to other positions, probably a, a central midfielder. Everybody's forgetting that they've still got Harrison Ashby on the books. You know, um, even though he's out on loan at Swansea, they've got they've got enough there. They've got enough in in the fullbacks, but 
Um, I still think they're a stronger outfit, and I still think it would be a better outcome to the window if Kieran Trip was there in February. Now, the links to Kieran Trip have not gone down well with everyone from a Bayern Munich persuasion. Uh, club legend Luther Matthias, uh, Italian Sky Sports. Uh, we were told we wouldn't be bringing in any more players who are sitting on the bench at other clubs, he said. The latest transfer looks different. He's talking about Eric Dyler, who's joined from Spurs. He then says Kieran Trippier would be a similar case. That's not Bayern Munich for me. I think that's hugely disrespectful to Kieran Trippier, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. That smacks of somebody who doesn't watch too much Premier League football. Um, I think I think the more wider point that uh, Matthias was trying to make is that you know Bayern have had this reputation over the years of signing very very good prospects. You know who they can sort of nurture. Um, or going out and signing, you know, top class talent from Premier League teams, which Trippier obviously is, but Matthias doesn't say that. Um it's snobbery. Yeah, they're going through it at the minute though, aren't they, Bayern? I wrote a piece about this morning, you know, Tuchel, the manager is, is clashing with fans, they're seven points behind by Leverkusen in the Bundesliga race. It all smacks like a very um, you know, dysfunctional club at the moment, not something Bayern Munich are used to. Um and look, I'm not saying that Newcastle United are you know, a bigger and better club for Kieran Trippier, but um, it does seem like they're in a little bit of a crisis at the moment. I wonder if, you know, Kieran Trippier reads that, he hears that, he watches that, and he also sees what you've said there, you know, Tuchel, it's not going particularly well, they got beat against uh, Wunder Bremen, I think it was, on the weekend, and, you know, they're not where they want to be, things aren't going rosy um, for Bayern Munich at the moment. Does he look at what he's got at Newcastle and he goes, OK, Look, I've not been in the best of form of late. Um, Newcastle haven't been in the best of form of late. But when things are going well here, things go really well. It, I've got a quite quite good here, even despite the, the poor form of, of both me and the team. And he looks at it and thinks, actually, you know, I'd be better off here because it's just nicer. Maybe, but I think also just to just to play devil's advocate and flip it on its head, Kieran Trippier at 33, who's been there, done it, has you know relished those big games this could really be the last chance for one big move, one last chance to play regular Champions League football, one last chance to regularly challenge for titles. And I'm not saying Newcastle United won't be doing that in a few years' time, but will Kieran Trippier still be at the club? I'll still be playing when Newcastle get to that stage. So I wrote about this the other day, or I tweeted about it, and I got quite a quite a negative response from, from fans. And I said, you can't begrudge Kieran Trippier if the, the speculation is true, that he's agreed personal terms. And I had a lot of... Um, overexcited Newcastle fans. Of course, you can judge him. He tarnished his legacy. Um, I saw one fan call him a rat, and I just think, for me, you know, you've got to remember that. Yes, we're biased. We're sat here on a Newcastle United podcast talking to Newcastle United fans, but there is a world outside Tyneside, and um, Kieran Trippier might be looking at it thinking it's a brand new experience in a league I've never played in. I'm reuniting with some very close friends in Eric Dyer and Harry Kane playing under manager who I really respect and have spoken about publicly in the past and I'm going to be fighting for titles again. It just depends what he what he wants in those final years. From Trippier's point of view, if he was indeed interested, I could I could definitely see why. Yeah. He spelled it out there. I mean, yeah. Bayern Munich might be doing poorly right now, but you can guarantee they're going to win a title the next 18 months of or some the next sort. six months. <laughs> next, yeah, they'll come back and, and make up those seven points uh, most certainly. And like you say, Trippier coming to the end of his career, one last chance just to to win a, a major title. And I do wonder as well, you know, Newcastle United, when the takeover happened, you know, maybe naively as fans, we all thought it's going to be great, no longer going to be a selling club. I wonder if, and maybe this doesn't have to be Kieran Trippier, maybe it might be someone else, you know, another big star. But I wonder if 
having to sell a star, a really big name this early on in the project, in the long term actually might be a good thing for Newcastle, not just because of the money that they would be getting to reinvest, but also maybe because of the uh, of the lesson. It, 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 well, that's not the right word, but want for want of a better no, phrase. No, but it I, teaches know, I know what you mean. Fans, yeah. and I'm going to include myself in that, and you as well as a fan, not just a journalist. But we go, okay, this is this is what's going to have to happen, and it's not just going to happen once. It's going to happen down the years. But getting it in early, and then you become used to the blow. One hundred percent, and I think Newcastle fans have had it so good f- since the takeover that. Everything's been so rosy. You forget that there's going to be massive bumps in the road. And Newcastle United aren't alone in having to sell their best players. You look at the likes of Manchester City, who have offloaded some really, really good talent. Leroy Sané to Bayern Munich, for example. Sinchenko and Jesus had to move out to Arsenal. You look at Chelsea and some of the players that they have done. Obviously, that's slightly different because they've spent so much. But in the summer, they lost players like Kovacic, you know, who have starting players in that team. Um but I just think, I was thinking about this the other day, when Darren Eels came out last week and said, you know, Newcastle United are going to have to sell big players, everybody sort of jumped to, okay, well, that means Bruno's going to go at Isaac or Botman, and nobody really thought, actually, that could mean Trippier or Wilson or Miggy. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of this in the next 12 months as they try to balance the books. And, you know, I've just wrote a piece this afternoon where, you know, I'm pretty much suggesting that I think this summer's going to be huge. You've got so many players who are really uncertain of their future, whether it's Dan Byrne or Lascelles or Bruno. Um, you know, they can't just spend it well every month, even though we don't like them to. They are going to have to, you know, recycle some of these players at, at moments. Will Kieran Trippier then still be a Newcastle United player come February the 1st? Yes, he will. As simple as that. Yeah, I think he will. I think Trippier, although it seemed early on over the weekend when, you know, this news just came out it looked like he was going to push for the move it seems like that's massively calmed down now I don't think he's going to agitate for the move Newcastle as I said the last couple of days have really stood firm and said no you know we can't let him go at this stage of the window um I think he stays I would like to think he stays but I do worry that if a big bid comes in 15 to 20 million could Newcastle United be tempted I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And I think also the question has to be, you can't just look at it in terms of football and reasons, can you? You can't just, you can't kind of sit there, maybe if you're Eddie Howe and say, I need to keep Kieran Trip because he's a great leader. Mm-hmm. The crosses he puts into the box are unbelievable. There has to be a business case put forward as well. And you think maybe that's where we could see some some clashing potentially. I think back to when Chris Wood was sold, it was understood that Eddie Howe necessarily didn't want to let him go because he'd only be down to two strikers. But he, 
it was too good of a deal to to turn down and, and maybe we could see it this time around as well playing out in the last few days of this window yeah absolutely and I think it's it's funny actually because it, it's pretty much a year to the day or it's at least a year to the week that Chris Wood left and John Joe Shelby left now I'm not comparing Trippier to those players those players were obviously fringe players at the time or they weren't at least regular starters but Eddie Howe said I want to keep them both but one the, the finances was too good especially on the Wood deal and two the players themselves wanted to go. You know, John Joe Shelby, he lost on deadline day. He really didn't want to lose. Um, but Shelby said, I want to go. So there is obviously those factors. If Trippier was to say, look, Eddie, it's such a big opportunity, I can't turn it down. Or if, as you say, Bayern come in with this ridiculous bid, which I don't think they will. You heard the CEO speaking over the weekend that they won't do anything stupid in terms of finances. But those factors will come into it. It's not just as simple as saying Newcastle are going to close the door because they want to keep them. You know, Eddie Howe's already proven that it's, that's not always the way to go. If you're watching on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up, hit subscribe to the channel, let us know in the comments whether you think Keon Trippier will remain in your cast United player once this window closes. Next up then, Callum Wilson, interested in AC Milan and Atletico Madrid. He's got 18 months left on his contract and went fit. I mean, he's one of the best strikers around, so it's very cheeky of Atletico Madrid to uh, be trying a, a little loan deal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's certainly one that Newcastle United aren't going to be um, accepting anytime soon. I think if Wilson was to go, then they're going to have to stump up quite a bit of cash for him. Um, and it's, in some ways, I'm sort of hoping Callum Wilson goes this January. And let me just elaborate, because I can see you're shocked no. there. Because it would finally stop our argument of, do they need to sign another striker? Because I would be in complete agreement <laughs> with you if Wilson goes... They would need not a third choice striker, they would need a second choice striker. So um, that is the only positive I can see of, of Callum Wilson going this month. But again, I don't think he, he will leave before February. No, I can't see Callum Wilson going, uh, just simply as well, because of the time left to find a replacement. It's all good, me and you having this debate about a third striker, and I stand by my point, they need a third striker to come in. But that, as you say, that debate totally changes if they sell Callum Wilson, and with five days of the window remaining, I mean, you're not going to get a quality striker for a good uh, price with that little time remaining, aren't you? Well, that's the difference between Trippier and Wilson and even Trippier and Miggy to an extent is that Trippier, everybody keeps mentioning the fact that they've got his replacement already on the books. They don't have somebody to, you know, come in and replace Callum Wilson. They don't, I would argue, long-term have somebody already there that could um, fill in for Miguel Armouron. So again, I think it's even more crucial that you keep him because, you know, with only seven days left of the window... No, and again, you know, I hate to bang on about about how tricky January is. They would be really up against it to to try and replace Wilson in the next seven days. But then again, you know, um, if they manage to get twelve, fifteen million for Wilson, uh, we know Eddie Howe was a big fan of say Dominic Solanke. Does it kind of maybe open the the route up for him? It would again take some fancy financial footwork to get some sort of deal done. But um, if Newcastle had a third striker. Do you think they would be more open to, to selling Callum Wilson? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they would be you know, all for it, but I think it would certainly lessen the blow. Um, I even think if there was somebody like Jan Kuba Minter, who was already in there, you know, ready to go, but because they don't have him, and obviously they you know, they tried Ben Parkton there, they've tried Anthony Gordon there. Um, but I think, I think, crucially, if you look at what's happened the last couple of days since the Wilson story started to die down a little bit. It looks like Atletico Madrid are now going to go for Moise Keane, you know, for me of Everton, um, young Italian striker, which would probably close that door. But 
that's not to suggest that another club aren't going to come in. There's, I think a lot could change between now and the end of the month. From a Callum Wilson point of view, again, we, we don't think he's angling for a move at all. But could you see him maybe knocking on the door and saying, OK, Eddie, what, what are your plans for me in the summer? Because there's a lot of talk about another striker coming in. We know he's in due record. Again, we say it with a, a massive heavy heart because we'll make the point again, when fit, he's one of the best strikers in Europe, let alone the Premier League, but he just doesn't play enough games. He could be knocking on the door and saying, are you intending to replace me this summer? And if the answer is yes, then he could actually say, okay, AC Milan want me, I want to go. I wouldn't I wouldn't even say that it's that it's for that. I, I look at it a different reason. I think if I'm Callum Wilson, and, you know, please don't murder me in the comments here when I say this. Um, but if you're Callum Wilson and you've risen up the leagues from non-league all the way to the Championship, all the way to the Premier League, you've established yourself here, and then a European club of the size of Atletico or AC Milan come knocking on the door, and you're, what, 31? I would be saying to Eddie Howe, please let me go and try and experience something like that um, for the last few years of my career. And again, this isn't me pushing Callum Wilson out the door. I think some of the... the um, commentary and narrative around him in the last couple of months has been really bad because he's been out injured so much I think Newcastle fans have been so quick to turn on him I mean we did a poll the other day didn't we on Chronicle Live and Almiron and Wilson were the two players that had um, the majority of fans saying that they'd sell them I think that's just so so fickle of fans and I get the injury I get the injury problems but top class operator on his day yeah no doubt he's top class operator on his day but I'm going to defend fans on, on the criticism of Callum Wilson because I don't think it's unfair to sit here and say his injury record is probably the biggest frustration financial fair play rules aside that Newcastle United have got mm. and where they want to go and I've made this point several times you need a striker who can play the majority of the season and Callum Wilson just is not that man that being said it would take for me a huge offer for Callum Wilson to go this January come back in, in the summer 15-20 million you go okay that freezes up to go and get hopefully two strikers in because I still think they'll need a, a third, um, but not this month. Again, just haven't got the time to uh, to replace them, essentially. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because there's a huge argument with, with so many players, you know, with 18 months left on their deal, the likes of Joel and the likes of Wilson, is now the time to cash in? Because when it gets to the summer and you're in the final year of the contract, is anybody really going to be coming in and paying 15 or 20 million for an injury-prone Callum Wilson at 32. Newcastle United played pretty much that fee for him four years ago. So I mean, the answer there is no, but again, there's no point selling Callum Wilson no, now. No, I wasn't making that argument, but it, but it's interesting that I think when players get to this stage of their contract and they're not looking like they'll get an extension, like you know Wilson might not get a contract extension at Newcastle, I think there'll be a, you know quite a few people, maybe even people in the club, thinking if Atletico were to come in with fifteen and twenty million rather than a loan deal, I think you'd be snapping their hands off. It's funny though because I, I did have a go there at Atletico Madrid having a cheeky little loan deal. That's exactly what Newcastle are, are operating on um, in, in this window. You know they will be looking around. I mean we saw the links to uh, Norna from Everton with the suggestion that actually Newcastle would go in initially and with a loan bid and say in the summer we will pay X Y Z. So we can take the mick out of uh, Atletico Madrid hmm. for trying the hand, but you know that's what Newcastle United are doing as well. Yeah, and look, they've got to be clever. You know, I don't need to tell fans listening to this or watching this how you know stuck they are financially this month because of the spending of the summer and the last couple of windows and the loss that they've just posted. Um, 
so I think, you know, if, and again, we've spoken about this earlier, but if Newcastle are to do any business this month, it's going to have to be those sort of deals, I think, unless they move people on. Yep. Um, Callum Wilson, still a Newcastle United player, come the 1st of February. Yes, but I'm not as confident on Wilson as I am on Trivia. Oh, we do. Well, on to the next one then. Miguel Almiron linked to Saudi Arabian club Al-Shabaab. After saving Newcastle, you can get anywhere close to £30 million for Miguel Almiron. I would cash in, and I say that with a heavy heart as the founder and chair of the Miguel Almiron fan club, but I will put the close sign on the door. And wave I thought you did that a couple of months ago anyway. I, I did, but we opened it because he came back to form, but I'd wave him off over to Saudi Arabia if he didn't get anywhere near £30 million. Yeah, I think that, you know, the reports the last couple of days is that a bit of around 20 million euros has been rejected, which I think is correct. Yeah. You know, I think we all sort of um, scoffed at how much Alan St. Maxman left for in the summer, what was reported, um, where we thought he'd been undervalued by the, the, the Saudi clubs. Um, let's not have the same situation. Maybe I think 30 million, I think you're probably pushing it a little bit, but... Um, given how important he is to the Newcastle team, I think you could you could probably argue that it's fair. Now the reaction to the rumours on social media, ha- I have to say, as I expected, have been absolutely brutal on Miguel Almiron. I mean, there's been some really unnecessary comments. That, yeah. that, you know, the narrative on him is is totally unfair. He's so valuable to Eddie Howe's side, mm-hmm. and I think it's one thing saying, okay, yeah, you, you can sell him for 25, 30 million pounds, but it's it's another thing laying into him, as I've seen certain people do. I mean, for the way Newcastle United play the high press, he's so key to that. His defensive work is unrivaled, and okay, he should be scoring more. He's only hit three Premier League goals this season, but you know, what a servant the guy has been, and you don't find anyone that works harder than him. Yeah, again, some of the commentary around him has been, quite frankly, ridiculous. I saw one fan yesterday said it was a dream come true that McGee was going to go this month, um, which again, I think is very, very harsh for a player that starts week in, week out in a team that made the Champions League last year. I think people have got such short memories because without him last year, that season wasn't possible. I know we've all got our frustrations with him. We've got a lot of frustrations with him. Um, but I don't think he deserves half of, of the stick that he gets on social media. Um, and it'll be sad. He's He's been a very, very good servant. Underrated at times. Um, yes, frustrating. I think he's the one though this month that if it can get if it can cash in, I think it's a no brainer. Looks the most vulnerable, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and I just wonder now we, we've seen you know club sources react to the Trippier news to the Wilson news and pretty much say no, no mm-hmm. go. We want to keep them. The reaction hasn't been all that similar though, has it for Miguel Almiron? Now he will no doubt be probably reading these reports. He'll be on <laughs> maybe be on social media. People might be in his ear. What does that do? From Miguel Almiron, or do you think players just accept that in their career they they are, you know, sellable? Yeah, potentially. I think. Look, I think if Miggy is on social media, um, I think he'll probably have got the message a long time ago. I don't think it'll be anything new to him. Um, I think he is most vulnerable because you can probably you're going to get more money for him than Wilson because of his age profile. Um, I actually tweeted the other day about you know does it you know asking fans does it make their priority change this month if McGee goes. Do they then need to be looking for a right midfielder rather than a centre midfielder? And I think a lot of fans have pointed to the fact that Gordon can play there. Barnes could arguably play there when he's fit. Murphy's close to coming back. Livermento's there. There is options there in the short term. Um, and I think a lot of fans want that long-term upgrade in that position anyway, which again is, is probably you know pushing them more towards thinking McGee should go this month. But again, you mentioned the names there, Murphy and Barnes. I mean, you say they're close, but 
when, when are they going to be match fit? It's mm. not just a case you sell Miguel Almiron and then come Villa and then come Luton. You know, you've got Barnes and Murphy ready to play because it's it's not going to be as simple as that. So there isn't a ready-made replacement in Miguel Almiron in, in in the form of someone just there yeah. and ready to play. You're going to have to wait probably another month before you see either Murphy or Barnes being up to scratch. I'm not necessarily saying coming back into the side but being up to scratch. I, I do think given the time that is left of the window, it is a risky move to cash in on Miguel Amion, even though if it was 30 million, it's too good of a deal to turn down in, in, in one instance. I mean, it's it a huge amount of money. But again, does that leave Newcastle enough time to go out and, and replace him? Yeah, because they would have to. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, I know I'm going to contradict myself here and say that fans were sort of proving me wrong on social media, but you could actually argue that, well, Harvey, Bill, Harvey Barnes has never played on the right under how he played it very, very rarely there under Rodgers at Leicester. Um, Livermento has only been used there because of the, the short of options. Murphy isn't fit, so you only really got Gordon there. I think, again, long-term... Uh, in terms of a long-term replacement, you don't have anybody there that can replace Miggy. But again, can you find somebody um, between now and February on a loan deal or a very cheap deal that's going to come into the starting lineup? It's a big ask even for Dan Ashworth. Because mm, what changes? We saw Miguel Amuan and all of a sudden the top clubs are willing to sell their top players on loan? No. No, not at all. I do think the decision might be slightly easier had Barnes and Murphy been fit, Ali Anderson as well. But I do think if a deal is offered for Miguel Amiron and Newcastle, you know, really do fancy it, it's an utterly pointless deal unless they've got a replacement to bring mm. in. Now, we've seen Morgan Gibbs-White be linked, but he's more of a number 10 than a winger, so I don't really understand that. I mean, he would be a superb signing, but he's also going to cost you 30, 40 million, even despite Forrest's... And, um, and the rest, I think yeah. I think he would cost and you a hell 10. of a lot more. Yeah. And, and Forrest, uh, well, Forrest might be open to sell him in the summer for the right price. I don't think they're going to let him go at this stage of the window. And the same with Onana, with Everton. Yeah. You know, again, they might off the pitch have their issues and might look vulnerable. But in football in terms, Everton need Onana to stay in the Premier League, don't they? So yeah. that's going to be another tough one to, to push through. Miguel have me one and cast night a player come February the 1st then? Yes. You think? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, okay. I'm not... Are you going to disagree? <laughs> I, I mean, sensible me says he's going to be a cast United player, yeah. But I don't know something in the back of my head saying he could he could be on his way. He's the most he's the most likely out of the three. But I I think Newcastle managed to keep hold of all of them, and they get a loan deal then. But in, in the field, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I mean, it's irrelevant, this chat about McCollum, if he doesn't want to go. 
Exactly, 100%. And um, there's there's only so much money. I mean, the Saudis will argue that they've got enough money to throw at him, but um, settled here with his wife and a newborn baby, um, playing week in, week out. How loves him. He clearly loves the club. It isn't just going to be as easy. And do you know what? I admire that. I admire that because too many players have hopped over to Saudi Arabia, let's be honest, for the dollar. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of them now, by the way, I mean... Jordan Henderson's been very, very, um, you know, publicly spoken about. He's obviously jumped ship. Karen Benzema apparently now ready to go. Um, Malinkovic Savage apparently wanted to go back to Lazio. There's a lot of players who have run over there, and what were less than six months into the the new project, and they're coming home. It's mm. a, it's been a huge gamble for some of them, which is backfired. Because understood, Army One would like to stay in Europe. He's got no intention of wanting to leave Newcastle. So I would definitely admire a player who rejects the advances of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and also just one more thing on, on Miggy while, it, while it's in my head. Obviously, we've just spoken about Al uh, Shahab being the team that uh, that want to sign Miggy. There's apparently a lot of clubs in Saudi Arabia open to to signing Miggy. It opens up a full can of worms it if it's one of the four PIF clubs, especially you know six months after St. Maximum, especially when your castle have came out and pleaded poverty and FFP and all this, and then a week later... They're selling a, a, a player over there. Well, funny enough, I have got another question about Saudi Arabia, but in a moment. Okay. Um, I just want to ask you, we know the players are back, getting ready for Fulham mm-hmm. on Saturday in the FA Cup. How are Wilson, Trippier, Miguel Amiyom, we could even throw Jamal Asselz in the, into the mix as well, dealing with this newfound uh, pressure, scrutiny, uh, links to, to, to an exit? I think they'll be absolutely fine. I think Eddie Howe will have them drilled in they'll have been having conversations this week and Trippier was speaking to how over the weekend um, as the sort of buying stuff was rumbling on I think you know especially Trippier and Wilson you know they're uber professional they've been there and done it I think I don't think there'll be any um, slips in concentration I hope there isn't um, because especially for Trippier you know we need him back on track no more no more slip ups I hope not um, it doesn't look like Newcastle are going to get Calvin Phillips listeners to this podcast know my feelings on Calvin Phillips although my my thought had changed of late just certainly because of Newcastle's need and it's like okay do you just do it um, although £7 million reported fee is, is massively overinflated but he looks like he's on his way to West Ham um, it hasn't been confirmed as of yet but on Tuesday morning it was it was uh, looking very likely that West Ham have won the, the, the deal um, what do you think of that is that is that a bad thing to miss out on for Newcastle yeah it's a big miss for Newcastle everybody who's listened to the podcast earlier in the month knows that I was all for that deal um, just before we came on air on Tuesday afternoon um, the Athletic reported that West Ham had won the race it was close a loan uh, deal had been agreed uh, West Ham had agreed I believe to pay the bulk of his wages which is around 120000 but there was no option or obligation to buy in the summer which was obviously a huge sticking point for Newcastle United earlier in the month um, is it levels, do you think? Is it levels? Newcastle get a harder deal because of where they are going to be in the, in the next few years? Potentially. I think you know Moyes has tried in the past to sign Phillips, which has surely probably added weight to their cause. Um, again, people watching and listening to this podcast with their black and white spectacles on won't see it this way, but some um, players still might think of a move to London or a move to West Ham as on par or bigger than Newcastle. But for me, I think, you know, if that is correct, that there's no obligation or option to buy, I think it's an even bigger kick in the teeth for Newcastle. I think it's an absolute no-brainer to get that deal done, and they haven't done. So you would you um, pay the £7 million yeah, if indeed that was the fee? Yeah. Really? £7 million? 
for a man who's probably going to take a month to get up to speed. Yeah, but you say that, but I, I don't, I don't agree with it. So who's next then? Where did Newcastle United turn to now? And this is the bit where you would say, "Give me a name, Andrew." And I did actually try and look for a name before I came out to the studio. I couldn't find a name. I googled potential loan uh, signings from the Premier League just to see who maybe who hasn't been playing as much or who isn't in a squad. I mean, if I can't find one, by just going to Google, it's a hard market. There's one name that's been sort of bubbling and, and rumble away in the surface for the last couple of weeks, and that is Hoiberg at Tottenham, apparently on loan. Um, again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if that confirmed that's the case, but that is, you know, a deal that you could hope Newcastle could strike a player out of favour at a top six club who, you know, they might be able to do a favourable loan deal for. But I've just sat here and said I think Trippier and Wilson and Almond will all be at the club this time next week that means you know I can't then say they're going to go out and spend money because I just think until they get players off the books it's going to be a very very careful month I hope they manage to get a midfielder in on loan but I'm not confident yeah well let us know in the comments if you like the uh, suggestion there about the Spurs midfield and obviously I said I found it hard looking for players searching on Google obviously Steve Nixon isn't looking on Google he's going out to see these players in person but I was just making the point about how difficult it's just to find a name um, so with that in mind Aaron and I've seen a few people suggest it given Newcastle's bad luck with injuries given Newcastle's poor run of form of late do Newcastle just ignore the noise and start going into the market in Saudi Arabia bringing Ruben Neves over if they can persuade him to come over for a few months or do they stick to um, you know, avoiding that uh, controversy. I hope we avoid it. We obviously did that big podcast on Saudi Arabia a couple of months ago, and I made it clear I, I wanted none of the players that we listed to join, and I still think that I was stand by that. My stance has maybe softened a little bit. I think I could maybe stomach it a tad easier, but I would still feel, still feel dirty about it. They need a midfielder, don't they? If they Newcastle do. don't bring in a midfielder in the next seven, eight days, is it a failure of a window? I would say so. We, we we know how restricted they are financially. We know that it was never going to be a, a big window, but I think to not get anyone, given Tonali's out, given Willock and Anson still back, given Joe Linton is now looking at, you know, missing the vast majority, if not all of the remainder of the season, it, w- it would be a real, real blow to not get a midfielder in. You're, you're really a Bruno injury away from total disaster and that Joe Linton injury really emphasises the point doesn't it they were already short in yeah. the midfield now to lose a powerhouse like Joe Linton potentially for the rest of the season just describe how big of a blow that is for Newcastle oh massive I mean you know we've spoke so much in the last couple of weeks especially about how crucial he's been at Newcastle this season everything that they've done right has often gone through him Um and yes, you can point to the fact that maybe Anderson's going to be back next month and maybe Willock's on his way back, but you know they don't do what Jolton does. Um, as you say, they were short before Jolton and they're even shorter now. I think if, even if they don't do anything else in Jan, they've got to go out and get somebody, whether it's a six or an eight or anybody, just to give them an, an, extra, an extra set of legs in the middle. And you can't see them springing any surprises in the next few days? Suddenly finding 25, 30 million down the back of the sofa. Ne- never say never because we had, you know, not this exact situation last year, but there was a similar situation where Newcastle really didn't want to spend money last January. They really wanted to keep all that powder dry, but the Gordon deal just came up. And look, I'm not going to say 40 million isn't a lot of money by any stretch, but in the grand scheme of things, compared to what they spend in summer, what they have done the last two seasons, um, 
it was a, a small outlay for them, which is obviously you know, work wonders and it's paying itself off every week. But so never say never. You never know if the, they might find a little bit of money done so far. But I really, really don't think this time around it's the same as last January. And I think they will keep their powder dry unless something absolutely magical pops up. So there we go. Once watch over the next week or so, we've got a dedicated transfer live blog on our website, chroniclelive.co.uk. Head over to that. We'll get all the rumours and concrete stories. Myself and Aaron, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you guys very soon. Mm-hmm.